Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Todd Pickett, and I'm the uh, Dean of Spiritual Development and Campus Pastor at Biola University. But I've also been with uh, HTC from the very beginning. And uh, it's so great to be um, with you in this capacity and to get to preach on Christ the King Sunday. So quite a blessing for me. I want to ask this morning, why in our gospel reading are both the sheep and the goats so surprised? to the series we've been in, the Sermon on the Mount at the begin, beginning of Matthew. And in particular, it's an appropriate passage following Jordan's message last week about building our lives on Jesus, our foundation on his wisdom. And if you were with us last week, you know that uh, Jordan pointed out that Matthew closes the sermon by noting that the people were astonished at the authority with which Jesus spoke. Now here at the other end of Matthew, Jesus speaks finally in this judgment parable. And here they're astonished, but really they're more surprised as Jesus sorts people to the left and to the right along the lines of those who did and didn't carry out his wisdom. So you just heard to those on the right, the sheep, he says this, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then with, with all the drama, all the family drama of the unsealing of a will uh, by a nobleman, he says, come, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. You know, I think the sheep are surprised because they didn't see the inheritance coming. It's as if they hear Jesus say it, and they look at one another, and they look back at him, and they're like, you know, thank you, but we actually don't remember seeing you among those crowds, and, and we're pretty good with faces. So you're going to have to remind us, you know, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? I think you're, gonna be, I think you're thinking of somebody else. I mean, when did we see you, a stranger, invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? and go to visit you there. When the judgment is delivered, those on the left are surprised also. Jesus says, you know, you didn't do any of these things for me when I was sick, hungry, thirsty, naked, or in prison. And they say in essence, well, you know, we're pretty good with faces too, especially a king's face. And we have to say, we don't remember seeing you in any of these predicaments. And believe you me, if we had, we would have been on it. All we saw were these other random people. So here we are at the conclusion of a study on the Sermon on the Mount and its implications for the kingdom of God. And I want to ask, what does this later passage in Matthew still have to tell us about this kingdom and its king? And that's an appropriate question today for, as Jordan said, this is Christ the King Sunday. And we end ordinary time meditating on the last times before we turn back the liturgical clock the church calendar, and begin to walk with Jesus again through the Advent and the Nativity, the Incarnation. You know, this parable is often called the parable of the sheep and the goats, but we should note that the central person here is neither of those. The central person here is Jesus the King. And we can tell from reading this passage, this is clearly true. Matthew tells us Jesus comes in glory. All the angels are with him at this moment of judgment. It's as, it's as if nobody's left in heaven. They've all poured out for this. 
And we're told he sits on his glorious throne. And all the nations are gathered before him. He's clearly presented as the king. And the heavens and the earth are clearly his kingdom. So what was mockery written on the cross, Jesus, the king of the Jews, is no longer ironic. It's prophetic in a way beyond which even his disciples could have imagined. So again, I want to ask, why are both the sheep and the goats surprised at the judgment? Both of them called him Lord. Both of them actually could pick him out of a crowd. Well, I think one answer to this question is that these two were serving two different kingdoms and two different kings. You know, one group, the goats, were still living in the kingdom of this world. They were still looking at models of kingship in the ancient world, and maybe we would say in our present world. And, you know, I'm going to call this king and kingdom the kingdom of the Caesar king that the goats still had in mind. It's a king and it's a kingdom dominated by um, warfare, uh, power, influence, politics, sometimes violence, injustice, greed, ruthlessness. And in such a kingdom, the idea, if you wanted to kind of, you know, rise in the kingdom, is to get as close to influence and power as you possibly could. And we see this, of course, in James and John's aspiration to be on Jesus' left or right. And Jesus has to remind him, my kingdom's actually not of this world. That's not how it works. You know, in the verses just before this in Matthew, Jesus tells another parable. And it's the parable of the talents or of the pounds, in which a nobleman, before he goes away on a trip, is giving away money to each of the stewards and basically asking them to invest in his projects, his kingdom. You know, this parable actually had a real-life historical reference. Because a few years before Jesus was born, Herod's son, Archelaus, wanted to become king of Palestine, although his brother also wanted to. And so Archelaus actually went to Rome. He went on a journey. He went away, like the nobleman in the parable, to petition Caesar to make him king. And I'm not going to go through that whole parable, but you'll know or remember that one of those stewards did not invest the money for the kingdom. In fact, he buried it. And the reason he probably buried it is because he wanted to see who would win. He wasn't sure if it was going to be Archelaus or his brother who would actually become king. And he didn't want to back the wrong horse. And so he's waiting to see, you know, who's going to be the winner because that's the person I'm going to align myself with. You see, in such a kingdom and under such a king, good works for, for the poor or others are ultimately for the sake of image, for power to rise in the ranks. Any work on behalf of those who mourn, who hunger and who thirst for justice are simply just to advance oneself in the eyes of the reigning king or Caesar. And we know this is the case with the goats, I think, because in essence they say, you know, if we had known it was you, the king, who was going hungry, thirsty, or naked, then we would have been on it. And so they expose themselves. They're like the Pharisees that Jesus says, you know, on the outside, you're whitewashed, but on the inside, you're a tomb. Care for these people is not in your heart. Now, this is a pretty dark picture of the goats, right? Pretty political. And it's easy as we read this to get self-righteous and turn. But I think all of us can relate. I know I can. I think we all know the temptations of the Caesar kingdom. I imagine there are similar politics in our places, in our workplaces, in our extended families, in our friendship. We drift toward associations with the powerful simply out of self-protection, though sometimes out of vanity. 
And while there are sometimes ways to successfully negotiate the politics of our settings and the kingdom of God when they clash, sometimes we can't and we feel hypocritical. Sometimes we just grow tired of a world, maybe especially recently, where there's greed and fear, there's competition, there's grasping, there's gossip, there's infighting, there's half-truths, there's deceptions. And in such a world, my colleague or neighbor is not my friend. He's my rival. He's my enemy. And it becomes a kind of social hell. And we don't like it. We don't like it. For the goats in these passages, it's a world they've adapted to. It's a world they thrive in. And so so hell or punishment is simply just going to be more the same that they lived in this life. So what's the alternative? What is this other kingdom? What is the kingdom of the sheep? You know, I'm going to call it the poor in spirit kingdom. And if that's, of course, a reference to the first beatitude in Matthew 5, to those Jesus says will inherit the kingdom of God as they do in this passage. And I'm going to call the king of this kingdom the shepherd king. Because, of course, that's the image of, of, of Davidic royalty throughout Israel's history. And it's the image Jesus chooses most for himself. And, of course, it's the image that Jesus uses for the setting in this passage. In this passage, Jesus is doing what a shepherd would do. He would occasionally separate the sheep from the goats for reasons of husbandry and safety. See, this is a king for whom the adjective shepherd makes all the difference because he's on the ground. He's been on the ground. He knows and has walked among the most vulnerable creatures. You know, I can't do better in describing the heart of the shepherd king than to go back to our Ezekiel reading today. Ezekiel says, such a sovereign looks after his scattered flock when he is with, with them. He'll rescue them from all the places they will be scattered. He'll search for the lost. He'll bring back the strays and will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. In that passage, Jesus is opposed to the powerful, not because they have power, but again, in Ezekiel's words, because you trample the rest of the pasture, that which is not yours. Isn't it enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest of it with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drank, what you have muddied with your feet? In other words, he's opposed to the powerful in this case because they exercise power solely for themselves without a thought for other people. You know what distinguishes the sheep from the goats is that they know their sheep and they don't aspire to be anything else. Earlier in, in, the, uh, in the prayer we prayed earlier, it was actually from Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. We are still those sheep. It's as if they're saying, we wake up every morning, and Psalm 95, by the way, is the usual morning psalm. I may have said this before, but sheep are the most frequently mentioned animal in the Bible with nearly 400 references. And here I quote directly from the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery. Sheep are completely dependent on shepherds for protection, for grazing, for watering, sheltering, and tending injuries. Sheep are not only dependent creatures, they are singularly unintelligent, prone to wander, and unable to find their way to the sheepfold, even if it is within sight. Did you catch that? They can't even find the way the sheepfold, even when they see it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if there were spirit animals, this would be our spirit animal, the sheep. Unfortunately, uh, that's the reality. <laughs> sheep know their need for a shepherd. Their entire worldview is of their finitude and their need. They live in a kind of appropriate spiritual poverty, especially as fallen ones. But you know, as a result of knowing that, they recognize others in need. 
They see the needs of the world because they themselves are needy. And, you know, furthermore, they know the shepherd king knows all this because in the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 8, though he was rich, he became poor. They know that all of Satan's temptations in the wilderness were so many assaults on the poverty of Jesus. If Satan could just get him to bypass the experience of human poverty, to shield himself from hunger, from powerlessness, from mourning, then Satan would win. Because the devil fears nothing more than the poverty of spirit that is required for the kingdom of heaven. The sheep know that this human poverty, this poor in spiritness are welcome in the kingdom of God. For what is the sorrow of those who mourn, the suffering of the persecuted, the self-forgetfulness of the merciful, the humility of the peacemakers, except variations of spiritual poverty? In this, they're simply imitating their shepherd king when he was with us. So why are they surprised, the sheep, at Jesus' judgment? It's because they didn't do this to inherit a kingdom. They didn't do this to become rulers. They chose this life because this is the kind of kingdom they wanted to live in. And it's the kind of king they wanted to serve. This is not a passage about good works getting us into heaven, but about people and their desire to live in this kingdom from the beginning and call the shepherd king their Lord. You know, in the words of one of the church's values this last series, they had absorbed the social imagination of Jesus's kingdom. And I assume that's why most of us are here today. We want to live in this kind of kingdom. We want to serve this kind of king. What then should we meditate on as we close? You know, perhaps just with Thanksgiving ahead, our focus should be gratitude. Gratitude for Christ the King, the Shepherd King, this Sunday. Gratitude that the real King is the Shepherd King, and how fortunate to know, how fortunate it is for us to know that we are sheep. How fortunate we are to call Him Lord and to live in His kingdom. And second, gratitude for although we live surrounded by Caesar's kingdom, we yet still have a chance to live each day and find the Shepherd King's kingdom by bringing rescue, by finding those who are lost, by binding up the injured and strengthening the weak, one sheep to another. So now in the brief time of quiet that follows, let your heart move out to those you know who are in need of rescue, who are lost, who are struggling, who are injured, who are weak. Pray for them now. Knowing that prayer too is often the beginning of our callings to minister and to participate in the ministry to those the Shepherd King knows and cares for. Amen.